Man, I'm glad that you're here today. You know, this is the launch of our uh, summer series today. We're starting our summer series today. How many have already started summer? How many have already been sunburnt? Yeah, you know it's summer then. I'm excited. We're, uh, we're hosting, uh, I don't know if it's everybody or just the high school or just the junior. We're hosting one of the small groups tonight at our house. And oh, I'm already planning stuff because it's outdoors in the back and I'm a youth pastor at heart and I'm hiding stuff around the yard. We're going to have some fun at our place tonight because it's summertime, right? That's, that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to have fun. Anybody got any big plans for summer? You gonna take, anybody taking a trip this summer? Vacation, staycation, something like that, taking some time off. Yep, got big plans. Going to have some new experiences for summer. That's always the fun part in it, to experience something new. Um, how, about, how about this? How about for life? You ever think about that? What, what are your goals this year for life? What about, what about spiritually for this summer? You have any goals spiritually for this summer? I always like to address that and ask that because so many times uh, we take a break in summer. We take a break from a lot of things in life. And I just want to be at the front of the line. I want to be at the front of your line and encourage you not to take a break from God this summer. Amen? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird trend, and I don't understand because I think it would, should be the opposite, but everything slows down in the summer, like our attendance goes down, and this is all churches, every church I've ever been in, all churches nationwide, it, the attendance goes down in the summer, and there's less people, and which is funny because we always do more activities. We always have more fun in the summer, do more fun stuff, and you have more time in the summer. So I, I just want to throw that out there to you and encourage you this summer. Find some extra time to do some fun stuff, to have some fun experiences, but also spend some time with God this summer. Amen? I'm believing for some good things at South Point this summer. How many would love to grow spiritually this summer? All right, good. Those that didn't raise your hand, I'm scared about you. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but at South Point, we're going we're gonna to give you the opportunity for that. This, this series is a 10-week series. It goes the next 10 weeks. And in the middle of August, we'll launch, kind of get everybody back to school series, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, thinking about summer, how many like to get out on the water in summertime? You love the water? Yeah, I do too. I, I grew up. Uh, on boats and and uh, water skiing. I'm a pretty decent water skier, although I haven't skied in I don't know, eight or ten years. Um, but it, it's uh, it's a fun thing. When I was in college, some of the people that I worked with had a boat that looked like this. I'll show you a picture of this boat. They had a boat like that, um, and it looked almost identical to that. I couldn't believe I, there were so many of them. I guess that's the thing with jet boats. You paint them yellow and put stripes on them, but. Uh, the, the Armstrongs that I worked with, uh, the wife, Debbie, her husband, Sid, this was one of his projects. And so uh, we would go out. I, I, went, I was going to high school at Clinton out in Western Oklahoma in college at Southwestern at Weatherford. And we would go out to Foss Reservoir, which is a few miles on the other side of Clinton. And it, it's a gigantic lake. And we would ski out there and stuff. And I remember Sid and Debbie brought their jet boat. And they were saying uh, they were going to give rides for people because it only sits about four or five people. There's it. It had like a bench seat and then two, two captain's chairs. And so we got out there and, you know, it, it would do, it, with three or four people, it would do about 85 miles an hour. Yeah, 40s fast on the water. This thing would skin it. It would scare you. And it would move funny and it would scare you lots of stuff. Well, in the middle of all that, I asked the question that, 
needed to be asked. I said, can you ski behind this thing? Because I'm 20, right? My brain hadn't kicked back in yet. And uh, Sid said, oh yeah, you can ski behind this. And I said, okay, let's, let's, let's try it. Let's just see what we can do. And so I got, I got behind the boat. I said, I'll use two skis so I can have a good base and I'll balance and get behind it. And I just want you to just keep easing into that because it had foot feet like a, like a car, you know, it had a, a gas. And I said, once we get up, I just want you to keep easing into it. And somebody in the back will give me the numbers. Like, well, you know, do 50 and then do 60 and then, you know, see how high we can get. And I'll just, well, as soon as I feel scared or whatever, I'll turn loose. And so they said, okay, we'll try that. So uh, when I was sitting in the water, I said, see how fast you can pop me up since this thing is a jet boat, you know, because you might as well break something for you ski, right? And so I remember sitting in the water, I'm sitting in the water and I said, hit it. And I just, it, the rope just goes, and it was gone. And all I could see was Sid's head tilted back like that because those things take off like a car. They don't, they don't bog down like a regular boat. When they gun it, they just go. And I was cracking up. So he, they came around, gave me the rope again. I said, you gonna try that again? I said, nope, that's good. I learned my lesson. Uh, why don't you just ease it up and let me get up and get going. And then we'll hammer down and see what we can do. And Foss, from one end of the lake to the other is a, like six or seven miles, you can do a straightaway. So I said, let's get over by the big dam and we'll turn around and go north and we'll run that straightaway, see how fast we can get going. So I go, okay, okay. So it was Sid, one of the other guys, I forget who it was, was gonna turn around and give me the speed limit. And so they, I got up and got situated and got going. And I'm telling you, when you cross about the 40, 50 mile an hour mark on, a, on, on water, you, you're just bouncing, that's all you're doing. You know, you're just bouncing off the water. And I remember when he, they yelled 60 and the, the guy in the back was going, let go, let go. And something happened. I was like, I'm afraid to let go now. Like, what, what, what's going to happen when I let go? And so they crossed 70 miles an hour. And, and at 70, I knew we're probably fixing to top out because with, with one person in there, it would do like 85. And so I thought we're fixing to top out. And I let go. And they completely slowed down, moved over, and I passed them at about 50. <laughs> I was scared. That, behind the boat, I wasn't scared at all. But with no rope, and I'm just doing this out on the water at 50 miles an hour, I was scared to death. And so I have officially skied behind a boat at 72 miles an hour. Yeah, isn't it amazing I'm alive? <laughs> at least not totally whopped, you know. And so it, that was a great experience. Uh, I've told that story many times. There's lots of stories with this boat, believe it or not. In fact, we, we were going to cut to the other side. We were going to move camp to the other side and go over to the picnic tables and stuff because they'd unloaded on one side. And I said, hey, I'll tell you what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, I'll ski over to the other side. I'll just ski behind the boat. And they said, okay. So there were like four or five people in the boat. We took off and I did something really dumb in the process, as if skiing 72 miles an hour is not. But as we were going, you know how you get tired after so long, if you've ever skied, your forearms get tired of holding on and you'll hook them like that. And, and I put the ski between, or the rope between my knees and I was kind of stretching my arms out and nobody was watching me in the boat. They were just going, and it's got, like that boat had rear view mirror. So he would look up and see me in the mirror, but something happened that I slipped and the boat, Got, or the rope got too low and it pulled my skis out from under me. 
And all I remember was just keeping going and it hit me like the rope's tied around my right leg. And we're doing 40 miles an hour. We're doing really fast to ski anyways. And I just get, it just started getting darker and colder, darker and colder really fast. It was just dragging me to the bottom. And the first thing that went to my mind was, I'm fixing to hit a tree with my honey bow and it's gonna mess me up forever. I just, these big piles of trees and I'm, you know, it's pulling me like this, pulling me leg first. And all of a sudden it jerked and I, I was 25, 30 feet deep and I started swimming up and got to the top and I thought they had stopped and it, they were still going, never had even seen me fall. And the rope about three feet out had broke. And I pulled up my leg and all the skin was gone below my leg and it had wrapped around and just cinched up and just drug that skin off. And it was hard as a rock at the bottom because it had melted that little nylon rope together, which sounds terrible, but that's probably what saved my life because it got so brittle, the weight of pulling me underwater, it broke that rope. And so once they finally saw and they come back around and I grabbed them out for not watching their poor skier behind them, um, we decided that Trick skiing behind the jet boat was probably not the greatest thing that you could do this summer, right? So we had lots of more, lot, lot more fun this, this, that summer. The next couple of summers had lots of fun. No more trick skiing behind the, the jet boat. We had missed death once and not gonna do that again. So it's really important for me, like I, I'm, uh, since, since I became a believer, my theme in life is to think ahead. Think ahead. My dad used to tell me that growing up. I don't know why he would ever think to tell me that, but he used to tell me that all the time, son, think ahead. And it didn't kick in until about 23 years old. And I would, and to this day, I still tell my kids, hey, think ahead. Remember, you got a plan. What's going on? Don't, don't just jump into something. You end up with a, you know, a, a scab all summer down your leg from pulling your skin off and almost dying kind of thing. Well, that's what I want us to do today. I want us to think ahead. What is it that would be one of your spiritual goals for this summer? What, it was, what is it that would be something that you would say, you know what, maybe I've never done this before. I'd like to experience this. I, maybe I've never participated in this. Maybe I've never grown to this place in my spiritual life. What would that be? Because at South Point, we want us to always be growing. But sometimes, you know what, if you'll plan a little bit, if you'll start anticipating a little bit, maybe even pray about it a little bit, you'd be amazed what God can do in your life when you're ready, willing, and thinking ahead and expecting God to do something in your life. Amen? So, so with your orange bulletin, this, if you're taking notes today, this is the first note that'll last the rest of the summer. Here's our goal for this summer at South Point. Our goal is this, that we wanna learn to follow the Spirit better. Amen? That, that's what leads us. We're gonna follow the Spirit of God in our lives. We're gonna read a few, few, chapter, or a few verses about it today. But... Our goal throughout this entire series, whatever the messages are, because they're gonna be different topics and subjects, the, the one goal is to follow the Spirit better, to help us understand how people in the Bible follow the Spirit, to help us when we go this summer, we go on vacation, we, we go to the lake, we are hanging out at the house, whatever it is, that our goal would be to follow God's Spirit in our life better, amen? It will probably save us from ripping our leg off skiing this summer. That's what we're hoping. But it will also grow us. That's what we're praying. It'll grow us. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a little bit out of Galatians chapter five today. Galatians chapter five is a great book that uh, it's actually a letter that Paul wrote to the church at Galatia. And he was trying to explain in chapter five, he was giving them some explanation about when, when you're trying to follow the spirit better, it's, 
it's helpful to understand here's what following the flesh is like, and then here's what following the spirit is like. And that helps us throughout our day as we think things, do things, walk in directions that we can understand, wait, that's following the flesh. I need to be careful in that direction. Amen? Or this sounds like what Paul was talking about following the spirit. This is the direction my life needs to head in because I want to learn to follow the spirit better in life. Amen? What do you think happens when you follow the spirit better in life? What do you, what do you think happens less? Think maybe less bad things happen in life? I, I would like to think so. I would like to think that the less bad things I choose, now I can't stop random things from happening, but the less bad things I choose, the less bad things are gonna happen to me. And the more good things I choose, the better things will happen to me. The difference between me before Christ and after Christ is night and day. And it's not because God protects everybody and gives them perfect lives who follow him. It's because he gives us insight and wisdom through his spirit on the right way to go. Amen? So let's start over in Galatians chapter 5. Let's read a little bit about freedom in Christ. It says this in verse 1. It says, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Don't you love that? Right off the bat, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be be of no value to you at all. Let me pause there for just a second because as he's talking to these Gentiles in Galatia, these new believers who were not Jews, there were some Jews that were trying to convince them, hey, The Jewish way is you have to be circumcised. There has to be a physical change outwardly also to be saved. And Paul was saying, wait, hold on. No, there's not. Not in Christ. Christ happens because of what you choose internally. Amen? He'll change the outside if you'll let him change the inside. Come on now, I'm preaching better than you are shouting this morning. Do you know what I'm saying? If, if, If you'll just let God take control of the inside, you don't have to worry about the outside. There doesn't have to be instructions for that. God will lead you in that. So let's keep reading. Verse three, again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he ought to be, that he is obligated to obey the whole law. Now remember that because he's gonna come back to that. He said, if you're gonna start down that path, trying to obey the law, then you gotta obey all of it. Then he goes on. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace for through the spirit we eagerly, eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ, Jesus neither, Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. You understand that? The outside, what you do on the outside has no value. Here's one of my favorite lines of this whole chapter. It says, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Look at your neighbor and say, I love that. The only thing that really matters when you're talking about Christ, what did we talk about the last couple of weeks on what you believe, that little mini series we did about believe, what you really believe is what comes out. And Paul is telling them here, listen, when, when you get confused about how to live for Christ, what really matters is your faith expressing itself to this world through love. Isn't that good? Let's keep reading because it even gets better. You were running a good race. He's talking about your spiritual life. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? 
That kind of persuasion does not come from one who call, from the one who calls you. Let me pause there for a minute. Let me tell you, that's a great sentence for all of us in this room. That kind of confusion, anything that would cut in on your faith, anything that would hurt your faith, that doesn't come from the one who calls you. That doesn't come from God. Oh, come on, that's good stuff, isn't it? Don't, uh, that's gonna be one of those scriptures. You ought to underline that if you're reading your Bible or highlight it if you're on you version. Because one of these days, stuff's going to happen in life and you're going to look up and go, God, is this happening because of bad choices I'm making? Is this happening because you don't love me? And you can can immediately nix it that if it's hurting my faith, it did not come from God. Amen? That ought to just take you out of here today excited knowing that a life in God's spirit will not bring tragedy from God. So good. I love it. So let's keep reading. That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. And he gives a little quote to talk about when, when people speak confusion in your life. He says, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Then he starts getting excited. I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whether that may be, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Brothers and sisters, if I am still preaching circumcision, why, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been established. As for those agitators, Paul gets a little upset here. As for those agitators, I wish they would go ahead. I wish they would go all the way and emasculate themselves. Now, we're not going to get into what that means this morning, but kids, you can ask your parents on the way home today what Paul's talking about. Because, and let me tell you why Paul gets that upset. Why chapters like this are important. Why taking a summer to learn how to follow God's spirit better and not to just follow the law better is important in our life. Because there are so many opinions out there about how to live. There's so many opinions on, hey, well, this worked for me or this, this helped me. Those are great. That's awesome. But can I tell you what Paul is getting at is that what worked for the Jews a hundred years ago is not what God's got prescribed for the Gentiles today. Amen? He's wanting to do a new thing in their life. He's wanting them to live a life by the Spirit and be open to some new things in life, for them to grow spiritually like they never could before. God has taken this exclusive club of Jews and he's opened this up for everybody in the world, for me and you. And he's saying, listen, don't get caught up in the way things used to be. Let's live a life in the spirit and not be bound by the things in the flesh. Amen? That's why he starts, it is for freedom that Christ set us free. So these jokers that are confusing you, I would say just go ahead and finish the job and then they'd be out of the discussion. Let's, let's finish this up real quick. Galatians five thirteen. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. There's that word again. It keeps coming back to that. What's most important? Your faith expressing itself in love. And he said, why don't you use that freedom that God's given you to love people. Just humbly serve people in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this command. Love yourself or love your neighbor as yourself. We've heard that before at South Point. If you bite and devour each other, watch out for you will be destroyed or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, here we go. We're going to wrap it up with this. Walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. Everybody give me a big amen on that one. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. Paul is saying, and he's fixing to list some things for us, but he is telling us, listen, we all struggle, all of us. Everybody say all. We all struggle with the things of the flesh. But what he's saying here is there is freedom in Christ. There is a, there is a spirit of God that lives in you, that wants to do more in you than you could ever imagine. There's no limit to what God wants to do in you. In fact, the, the scripture says against those things like faith, hope, and love, your faith, your hope, and your love, there is no law. There, there is no limit. God wants to teach you all you can handle. He wants to lead you in all you can handle. That's kind of scary sometimes, isn't it? But it's also great freedom. He said, I want to lead you in that. And the way that you can get away from those works of the flesh that confuse you and bog you down, that you can follow God's spirit. And that's what we're going to do this summer. We're going to learn to follow God's spirit better. Last couple of paragraphs says this. Let's see the rest of verse 18. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Now he's going to compare them. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Now see what he did there? I want to show you that. He, he's going to hit on all aspects. The sexuality, impurity, those are the, these physical things that we struggle with. Just a few of them. He's given us examples. That's not an exclusive list. These are, here's some physical things that you struggle with. He goes on in verse 20. Then idolatry and witchcraft. He hits on some spiritual things. You know, I don't know that a bunch of us struggle with witchcraft. Not judging, I'm just not guessing. But I would guess that a bunch of us, in one way or another, we struggle with idolatry. Putting our finances before God, putting our positions before God, whatever it is, putting things before God in our life is idolatry. And he's saying, let me, let me just let you know, that's something that we all struggle with also. That's a work of the flesh. He goes on, he hits on some emotional things now. And he lists a lot more of these. Because remember, he just said, uh, living a life by the Spirit, you're not going to be biting at each other, your friends, your family, and the faith. So he goes on and he says, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions and factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Everybody say, but... I love it when God, he hits on the hard stuff and then he throws a butt in there because he's fixing to turn it all around and tell us about life in the spirit. Last couple of verses says this, but the fruit of the spirit is this, love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, another another translation, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Let me just pause it for a minute. That, you're not going to get to heaven and God's going to go, man, I'm so sorry. You were just way too loving. Just can't let you in. You're just way too patient. It's not going to happen. There's no limit on that. And, and I would guess in this room today, everybody in this room would say, you know what? If living by the spirit can produce more of those things in my life, then that's exactly what I want God to do in my life. I, I want more peace in my life. Amen. I want more patience in my life. Amen. 
I, I want these things in my life. And the way those things happen, those are fruits of walking in God's spirit. Last verse. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Amen. So this summer, we're gonna take passages like this and we're gonna learn how to live by the spirit better. We're gonna learn how to follow the spirit better. Amen. We're gonna learn how to say yes to the spirit better. Amen. We're gonna learn how to say no to the flesh better. Waiting for three or four amens. It's kind of like pulling the splinter in it. Yeah, we're, we're gonna look at God's word and we're gonna see what he's gonna show us how to live by the spirit better. Because here's my goal in that. Why, why do you wanna follow the spirit better? Because I believe that's where life is. That's where true life is, is in God's spirit. That's where he's gonna bring life to my family. Continual life to my family, amen? He's gonna continue to bring life to me when I walk in the spirit. I'm gonna produce the fruit that belongs to the spirit because I'm walking in the spirit, amen? Let me me contrast this. I have a life in the flesh, life in the spirit. I wanna show you a couple of things because if our slides will help us out real quick. There we go. The flesh produces this in our life. Next one, there you go. Bondage is what the flesh produces, but... In the very first verse, Paul said, listen, the spirit produces freedom in your life, right? Not to be bound by religion. Jesus came and died to do away with religion. Amen. Religion's about rules and regulations. Jesus said, I came to give you freedom to love me and freedom for me to love you. So you walk in my spirit will teach you how to love God and how to love others. And that fulfills all the law. Amen. Isn't that good? The next one is this, the the flesh produces doubt. And the spirit produces faith. Listen, that, that should be our prayer all summer. When you start doubting about anything that God's doing in your life, you just say, no, nope, that's not God. God doesn't produce doubt in my life. He produces faith in my life, amen? He encourages my faith. He builds me up. He, he helps me to believe in him, not doubt in him. Whew, that's good. The flesh produces, I'm gonna preach myself, all right? The flesh produces religion and the spirit produces relationship. Can't say enough about that because I am not in love with religion. Can I tell you that? It has bound people and and drug them to the bottom of the religious lake. I don't want any part of that. I want the relationship with Christ. I want to find out where he wants to lead me and the plans that he has for my life. I want to speak those plans to my wife and to my kids and to my relatives, to my family, to my church, to my friends. I want to be a part of that. The flesh also produces legalism in our lives. The restrictions, the boundaries, the things that choke us out, those kind of legalism. You can't do anything but breathe and go to heaven. Jesus said he produces grace in our life. Because when we're in love with him and he shows us that that works of the flesh or the things that hurt us in our life, that spirit helps to drive us, to lead us, and to want us not to be a part of that. The last one is this, that the flesh produces death and the spirit produces life. That's what I want for us this summer at South Point. I want us to have life. Isn't it great to be a part of a life-giving church? A church that's not about legalism, not about religion. A church that encourages you to grow in your faith. Amen? I love being a part of that. Let me give you three things to wrap this up. 
that will help us all to follow the Spirit better. If, if I'm going to follow the Spirit better, then it requires me, it requires us to see it. It requires me to see. These are simple steps, but as uh, one of my favorite messages of all times, my cousin preached when I was about a year old spiritually. The name of the message was, it's, easy, or it's simple, but it ain't easy. And it hits me all the time when I read God's word. It, it's not simple. It, it is, he lays it out for us in a simple, easy way, but it's difficult to live by, isn't it? Listen to this. Psalm 119, 105 says this, your word is a lamp for my feet and a light to my path. God's word will allow you and I to see the places that we should go, do, live in this life. It, it reminds me when uh, maybe my last year or so in college, I had a couple of roommates that uh, we had bought a trailer house together uh, last but maybe the last two years so that we wouldn't have to keep paying rent. So we bought a trailer house so that hopefully after we graduated, we could sell it, make some money. I think we lost about $1,000 on that deal. So it's a great plan, but we had a lot of fun in it. Uh, and what we used to do on the weekends when we would both be off and we weren't going to school on the weekends, we would play spin the bottle road trip. All right. Not what you're thinking. Uh, Two or three of us guys, we would, we would have, you know, 25 or 30 bucks a piece. And we'd say, let's go do something. And we didn't know what to do. And one of the guys would blurt out, all right, well, let's just spin the bottle then and we'll do that. We'll go. And so what we'd do is we'd get out in our driveway and we would take a bottle or something, Dr. Pepper or whatever, spin it around. And whatever direction it went in, we would go in that direction until we were halfway out of money. That was our goal. We would pull all of our money together, fill up whoever's car we were going, and we would head in that direction. Can I tell you, that is no way to live life. <laughs> you know what, today I'm just going to spin the bottle and we're just going to head in that direction. This will be awesome. It was hilarious multiple times when we would spin the bottle and it would go in a direction we'd go, well, that's the way we went last time. Okay, well, let's spin it again. And it would go the same direction. We're, we're not going in that direction. Isn't that funny? That's exactly what we do. We would just keep spinning the bottle till it would go in the direction we'd like, oh yeah, let's go that way. Because that suited us. And I just want to tell you that Listen, God's word is the single most important thing you will ever lay eyes on on this planet. When God speaks to you, he's gonna speak to you through his word. And it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me that something that was written three, 4,000 years ago, I can read it and it's just like you pulled it, a note out and handed it to me that was personally for me. God wants you to see how his spirit is leading you. But to do that, you have to read God's word. His word, David said, David talked with God. David talked with prophets that talked with God. It was close relationship. And David still said, your word is a light to my path. That's how he's gonna let you see it. The second one is he's gonna require, it requires me to listen. It requires me to listen to that. Not just hear all the stuff going on, but to listen to what God is saying to me through that scripture. Listen to what it says in Isaiah 30. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Isn't that amazing there's a scripture that clear for you and I that was written thousands of years ago? That, that's what God is saying to Isaiah. Hey, listen, listen, listen. I know it's confusing, but if you'll get God's word in you, I'll take that word and I'll guide you and the Holy Spirit, wherever you go, whether you're going right or left, the Holy Spirit will be in you and it'll tell you, hey, turn this way, this is the way to go. Hey, go this way in life. This is the way to go. Hey, do this. This is where the fruits are. Remember those fruits we were talking about that we want in our life? Peace 
and patience and love. All of those, this is the direction for that. So he doesn't want you to just hear. So many times we, just, we hear everything that's going on in the world. But when we take time to listen, God's spirit wants to lead you. He wants ever. he died so he could lead you. Last one is this. It requires me to follow. If I'm gonna follow his spirit better, then it requires me to follow him. James 1, 22, one of the first verses I memorized. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. Does nothing if you just read God's word, right? You gotta put it into place. You gotta take that step of faith. You gotta say, yes, Lord, I'm gonna do that. It requires me to see God's word. It requires me to hear it, to listen to what it's saying to me. And then it requires me to follow it. So here's my challenge to you as we wrap this first message up today. How how are you gonna see it this summer? How are you gonna see it? Let's don't wait till January of 2019 when we have New Year's resolutions to read our Bible more, all right? Let's, let's do it in June, right now, June of 2018. Let's say this summer, I'm priming the pump of me. I'm priming me so that I can follow God, so I can see it and I can listen to it and better do what God's asking me to do this summer, amen? I wanna lay some groundwork for God to speak into me and for me to grow spiritually this summer. I'm gonna lay some groundwork by reading God's word and saying yes to God's word so that he can grow some fruit in my life. Wouldn't we love to be called a bunch of fruity Christians? Just for that, just so that God would, people would say, what's going on in your life? Say, man, God's doing it. He's helping me grow past where I was six months ago. He's helping me grow into the spiritual person that he's always believed I could be. I wanna pray for us. Will you mind closing your eyes? And let's ask God, Will you pray with me today? I don't know if that's your custom. That's the way you were raised. Let's try something different today. Let's try something new. As I pray, will you tell him, God, I want to follow you better this summer. Will you do that? Will you say, I want you to teach me truth. I want you to unveil some wisdom. Let's do that right now as we pray. Lord Jesus, we, we lift our voices up. I pray that you would hear our heart today. God, we just read an entire chapter of Galatians about following your spirit. And the first sentence says it is for freedom that Christ set us free. We want that more than anything, Lord. We live in the freest country in the world, but sometimes it can be the most difficult spiritually. I pray for all of us in this room today, God, that we take a step forward, a step in our faith. We want to see it, Lord. We want to see your word. Help us to read your word this summer. Help us to get more of it in us, that you would use it to lead us. We want to not just hear what's going on in our lives, the the media, our friends. But Lord, we want to listen to what your spirit would say. Just like you spoke to Isaiah, we pray that you would speak to us, guide us in the way that is right. Lord, with that, we commit today that we will follow. Our goal this summer for the next 10 weeks, we pray that you would use your word and your spirit and our services to help us to follow you better, to follow your spirit better, to say yes to the plans that you have for us, to grow, to to grow to a new level spiritually, a new understanding spiritually. And then in return, Lord, we would get to know you better. We would come to understand why you say what you say, why you lead us where you lead us. 
we grow in our relationship with you, Lord. We love you. We thank you for loving us. We pray that you'd help us to love others as we love ourselves. In your name, we pray, Lord. Amen.